Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Book Journeys Radio. Uh, today on the show, we are talking to author Denise D. Simone. She is also a life coach, and she is the author of the book From Stage Four to Center Stage. And um, her website is from stage four, the number four, to centerstage.com. From stage four to centerstage.com. So you can check that out as we're talking today. Every week on Book Journeys Radio, we talk to uh, authors about their experience writing their book. And um, we try to help authors in transformation who want to write a book but haven't completed their project to take some of the best practices and the learnings and put them to use in their own work and their own efforts. But I always like to start off with an introduction. So, Denise, why don't you tell us about yourself and um, a little bit about your book? Well, those are two pretty loaded questions. How much time do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I'll jump in and cut you off. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll give you the uh, cliff notes on my life. um, I'm from Massachusetts. Born and raised, I do travel the country speaking, teaching, and I was, uh, my story um, uh, will be uh, in the book, so I won't spend a lot of time on that, but I was diagnosed in 2005 with stage 4 throat and neck cancer and given three months to live, Um, told I would probably never sing again, and I went on 22 months after diagnosis to sing the national anthem at Fenway Park before a Red Sox game, so... Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's an inspirational story. I, I, um, you know, I was training to do a bicycle ride to raise money for children. I rode 90 miles on a Saturday in August, and on Tuesday morning I was diagnosed with what they thought was lymphoma, but it wasn't. It was far worse. It was squamous cell carcinoma. It had had uh, developed in my base of my tongue and spread to stage 4 uh, throughout my neck. And so I had to move quickly. I had a feeding tube. I was fed through a tube for nine months, and then some uh, learned, pretty much had to go back to school to learn how to eat using baby food, learned how to drink water again, learned how to talk. And so, um, you know, I just in those moments of silence where I had many, many, many moments strung together, I said, you know, spirit, God, whatever people call their higher power, what is it that I'm supposed to do? And if I do make it through, then I want you to use my life in a big way because I want to be an inspiration to many. And then I was um, moving forward another couple of years. I started to write my book, and I was gifted a place to live down in North Carolina. And I went down, and I just focused on getting the book written, and I had wonderful people and editors. I published through Balboa Press, which is a... um, so, Denise, um, before we get into Balboa, I want to talk about all that stuff, too, but let's just go back to your book a little bit. Why don't you tell us why you wrote it? Why Why did you decide to write this book, and what was the goal you had for it? Well, that's a good question. The reason I wrote the book was because um, the story was very inspirational. The tack that I took, I thought, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested in battling anything. I've, I've done a lot of work spiritually. Um, to get to a place where I am more aligned with being in peace around things and looking at challenges as doorways to transformation. And I just couldn't buy into this whole culture of ours with that battling, battling, lost the battle, won the battle, fighting the battle. And I thought, what's my purpose? What's my process? And so I decided to uh, give it a name. 
and I would sit in meditation and I would ask questions and I would pick up a pen and I would write down what I heard coming through, which were, you know, um, many, many life lessons which I couldn't have thought on my own. So I had to go deep inside and pull out whatever the answers were to those pretty profound questions that I asked. And so I had conversations with my cancer. And what the two major things and the, the reason I wrote the book was my cancer said, first of all, stop beating yourself up for nothing. And when I said, I'm not beating myself up for nothing, PIN, which is what I named my cancer, I won't, it stands, it's an Wait, what did you name your cancer? PIN, P-I-N for pain in the neck. And, um, <laughs> and so you would actually, this is before you decided to write a book, you would actually oh, yes. have conversations with your cancer. I would. I did. Okay. Doc, All right. Doc, so, so you were cancer chatting. Man, cancer chatting, and Pin said, "Stop beating yourself up for nothing." And I say, "I'm not." And Pin says, "It doesn't feel that way in here." Wow. So, yeah. So then um, Pin goes on to say, "You know, the more you love yourself." the less reason there is for me to be around. And the more light you can hold in your being, the less room there's going to be for me. So those were three very uh, direct directions. And I went about the business of saying, okay, if I am unknowingly beating myself up, I'm going to get to the bottom of that. That would be forgiveness work. I mean, the book is full of – I had a minister call me from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, not long ago, and she said, I just read your book, and I want you to know it's a manual for life. This isn't a book about wow. This is a manual so, for okay, life. Okay, so when did you get the idea to write the book? So you're talking to cancer. You're getting these really deep wisdom that, you know, doesn't even feel like it's coming from you almost. And what makes mm-hmm. you say, I'm going to turn this into a book? Well, what I did was even though I couldn't, you know, most of the days I didn't have energy to even watch TV or do anything, but I always found time to journal. So I kept a good dialogue, and I kept good notes on and and and, and about the deeper inner pinning, underpinnings and the inner workings of what was going on with me spiritually, emotionally, mentally, even physically. And uh, I was also um, on care pages, which was a way for people, pretty much a blog, where people could, you know, keep track of what was going on. I have a huge family, huge friends, huge uh-huh, like one of those caring websites yeah. that the hospitals run kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I had um, 200 people signed on and were pretty present to my process. I And I received 860 messages in nine months, and I updated it about 140 times. So a friend of mine was looking at that, and she said, wow, this is a love story. This is a, This is amazing. So I started to think, you know, what are the life lessons? I need to share this with people who are out there, you know, fighting for their lives. Maybe they could just be more gentle with themselves through this process. So for that, I, I decided I wanted to write the book, and I I sat down and I started to tell my story. And So your goal was really to help people. Your goal was to help even specifically maybe other other people with cancer? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's first and foremost, but it's also a book that transcends just cancer. Right. Well, that's what happens a lot of times, right? We get called uh, to help in a certain area, but then the the effect can be even wider. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is, had you, before having this experience, had you always thought, eventually I'll write a book? Was this something that was on your list, or did it? you know, come to you because of this experience? 
Um, well, you know, that's a good question. Um, I'm a songwriter, so I write songs and things, but I hadn't uh, thought, and I've written poetry, but not uh, written a book. But years ago, many years, probably 20 years ago, I had a reading um, mm-hmm. from some people from India, and they told me I would write a book, and I kind of laughed at them. And I thought, these people are wacky. I'm not going to, there's no way there's a book in me. Well, lo and behold, wow. here's a book. Yeah. There so is a book it was in always you. kind of in the back of my, I wonder what they were talking about. And then all of a sudden there it was, a book. Right. Well, I think that, um, you know, I think what's so powerful is that when it's time to write a book, it it often feels like, uh, you know, a calling, uh, yeah, call it a calling, but that you, you almost don't have a choice. It's like, yeah. this book is going to be written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and then what happens is people, you know, they start writing. They're like, all right, I guess I have to do this thing, and they start writing. But a lot of times there are some lessons along the way that aren't as fun maybe as that moment of calling that's like, oh, I'm going to write this book. So yeah. as you were writing, were there were there bumps in the road? Were there hiccups? Were there pitfalls? Were there places that got hard? Can you talk about those and how you might have gotten through them? Oh, yeah, there are definitely places that got hard and um, bumps in the road. I mean, writing a book is no easy task. And even though I knew the story, it's not like writing a novel and I'm wondering, you know, character development and all of that. Uh, I knew the players, I knew the people, I knew the story, I knew the heroine lives. And it was still, um, I think more than anything, uh, the two of the bumps in the road, it's important to make a commitment to yourself that you will see it through. And if it means, you know, being very tuned in emotionally to today, you know, today I don't feel like writing, but sit down anyway. Because in those moments I felt like, oh, I just don't feel like doing this. And I'd take a moment to just say, okay, you know, is that really going to serve my highest and best? Is that going to get me to the end result? And ultimately, you know, it was no. But if it, if it came back to, you know, today's not the day to write, then I didn't write. But there weren't, you can't string those days together. You have to really be in touch with what's going on. And so I would sit down and I wrote every day. I mean, this isn't the norm, but I had had a few chapters written. And then I went down, when did I go? I went down uh, January of 2011, and my book was published the end of July of 2011. So in seven months, I wrote a book, did everything I had to do, edited all of it, had a publisher, and it was in my hands by July 25th. Wow. So would you say that most of the obstacles that you hit had to do with writing, like actually like writer's block or finding content or figuring out how you wanted to say something? Is that where you were most challenged? Well, now, finding, you know, finding content, like I said, I knew the story, so I didn't really have to go mm-hmm. to Um And as far as writer's block, um, yeah, sometimes I hit I hit some, um, some blocks where, like I just said, it wasn't the day to write, so you have to tune in. Is this a block I'm feeling? What can I do to lift it? Um, or am I just being lazy? And, uh, you know, or, and the other thing is, you know, I think one thing that people get, and I coach people all the time, and I I teach a class, an eight-week class called Life, Living Full Expression. It's on Monday nights. And I talk a lot about this in my teaching is 
You know, a lot of times we have to work through, you know, these little paradigms that sneak up and say, well, who do you think you are? Are you really going to write a book? Come on. Mm-hmm. Be serious. That's more of a block, Angela, than having a block like, oh, I just don't know what to write. These emotional boundaries that we put ourselves up to. You know, when I go out and speak, one of the talks I do is step off and know you will fly. Well, I also had, you know, when I was going to North Carolina, people said, what the heck are you doing? What are you, crazy? And, and I, I couldn't let them talk me into this playing small. But when we get those blocks, it can sometimes be those paradigms that want to sneak up and, and pull us back into the comfort zone. And we're never going to learn, we're never going to grow, we're never going to excel, we're never going to reach our goals if we live in the zone of comfort. So if you were talking to somebody now, maybe as a coach, and they said, I've been writing a book for three years, and I know what I need to do. Angela, you're, 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 break, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Oh. I don't know what kind of phone you're on. I, I, haven't, I didn't hear half that. Oh, is this better? Yep. Can you hear me now? Um, so what I was saying is if you were coaching someone who came to you saying, oh, I've, I have been working on a book for a while, but I'm not finishing it, what, what kind of technique or tool would you use to help them to identify some of those beliefs? beliefs that might be slowing them down? Well, I would ask them, are, they, are you saying they're not finishing it because they made a decision not to, or they're not finishing because they No, no, they're stopped it? in the way that you were saying. Ah, like they were, yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. been three years, and they start it, and they stop it, and they're not making enough time, and, you know, they're not as focused as they want to be. How would you yeah, help them first, identify what was slowing them down? The first thing I would ask them, and this is a question we could ask ourselves about anything. But the first question is, I would ask them, now, is having a book that you have written on the subject you've chosen in your hand with the cover on the front and the cover on the back and everything you wrote in the 200 or whatever pages inside, is that something you would absolutely love? And based mm-hmm. on what they would say, if they if they would say, you know what, no, something shifted, and I really don't, I don't really, I'm not in love with it anymore. I'd say, well, then don't mm-hmm. write the book. But if they say, okay. yes, I would love that, then we would dig deeper into, okay, are you, are, do you have um, time management issues? Do you have believability issues? Do you have demons that come up and tell you who the hell do you think you are? You're going to write a book. Um, right, that's just, the one I hear the most is who am I to write a book and what would you say to that how did you answer that for yourself because it sounds like you even ran into that well first of all I ran into that with people telling me from publishing places we got so many cancer books it's really it's not going to go anywhere it's not going to do anything and I said thank you very much and I hung up and I said you know what they didn't they, nobody can write my book and so I would say to somebody First of all, if you had an idea to write a book, it's probably divinely guided. So if mm-hmm. you want to insult the divine, well, then don't write the book. If you had an idea that was good enough to give it a little bit of time and it's what you would love, love, love to do, then if you are feeling like, well, who am I to write a book, my question would be, who are you to not write the book? Mm-hmm. Who, who are you to not write that book? Who are you to... Kind of spit in the face of spirit, if you will, and just 
And where else in your life are you letting things fall off? Where else in your life oh. in your life are you saying that this is just this is just one mirror for what people are going and getting done and not getting done. So where let's look at the other things in your life. You know, do you have closets that need to be cleaned? Are you just shoving stuff in drawers? Are you not finishing projects at work? Are you wanting to do, you know, do you want to go out and um, do a pottery class and you just won't let yourself get off the couch to go do it? So where are things in your life? And about the book, if it's a time management issue, I have said to people, write one page a day. Mm-hmm. And in, third, in, 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 300, in one year, you'll have a book with 365. Don't even write on the weekends. Just write during the, during the week. Right. You'll have, have a book over 200 pages. Right. Absolutely. So um, so let's talk about publishing a little bit. I know you went with one of my favorite um, publishing houses. You went with Balboa Press, which is part of Hay House. Um, mm-hmm. I love them because obviously they're part of Hay House, um, which I love Hay House, um, but mm-hmm. also because there are some opportunities if the book does well with um, when you publish with Balboa that they can move you over to the Hay House label, which is an exciting um, opportunity, I think, for authors. Um, but it's definitely not a minor investment. So how did you make the decision to, um, you know, spend money and get, you know, a very a very high-quality publisher to work with? Well, I looked around at self-publishers. I like Hay House as well. Uh, I did. I did um, like the the Balboa team. I like the comprehensiveness of their packages. Um, I also bought into being on Hay House Radio. I went down and I did a book signing at the I Can Do a conference. I nice. Was, um, yeah, yeah. And none of this is inexpensive. Now, you know, we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars I spent. Right. Uh, I'm going to be told. Which I don't know if everybody knows this, but it's very rare. You know, most most books, no matter who they're published by, I think the average a book sells is like 250 copies or something. And um, you know, many books don't um, directly, in terms of book sales, make back the investment that the author put into it, especially if they charged what they should for their time. So. Mm Usually a book is doing more than just trying to, you know, pay for itself or make money on its own accord. Was that the case for you or? Well, I've been, you know, I go out and I speak a lot. And um, and I am also, uh, you know, teaching and traveling. And so I've sold quite a a number of books, you know. I've sold well over a couple thousand books. And, um, and, you know, I like to sell you know, 250,000 in the next year or two. And so Mm -hmm. I'm working to do, I'm lining those kinds of things up. But as far as Balboa, to answer your question, um, I'm going to be, I love Balboa and I'm going to be honest with you because there are people listening. I would be careful in all the things that you think you need to buy from Balboa and stick with what you know you need and want. Mm. They have a very good sales team and that's fabulous. And I over-purchased things that I didn't need, you know. Um, and I, if I were to do it again, So I what may... kinds of things, I was going to say, what's like the bare bones? What do you think people need to invest in and what's the kind of stuff they should wait maybe a little longer until their book is out yeah, to see if they need them? Yeah, there's some publishing, <laughs> there's some publishing packages and, uh, you know, if you don't have a website, they can help you set that up. I had that. In fact, 
Um, my 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 core website is denisedesimone.com. You can go to From Stage Four to Center Stage, and that's a great website. There's information there. There's a little bit more on denisedesimone.com because it talks about my entire bodies of work, not just the book. So, if anybody's interested in that, so yes. one of the things they can do, they can help you set up social media. I had all that done. They could help you do um, a website. They definitely um, have. They don't have. They have editing, but it, it's expensive. So there's. I think the bare bones package is about. You can get a book published with about ten or twenty copies, and then you can buy more. Um, so about. Uh, I think it's nine hundred ninety nine dollars. That's a good package to look at. That's a very mm. good package. I I didn't really need to be on Hay House Radio for three thousand dollars for an hour. I really didn't need to go to Hay House. I can do a conference and do a book signing. Um, I was told I was one of three new authors that was going to be there over the weekend. I was one of three authors that was there every hour. Wow. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not slamming Balboa. I love them. And be careful when you are publishing a book to not over-purchase. Right. Yeah, and I think it's I think that's one of the things that holds people up even from finishing their book cuz they wonder, you know, how am I going to publish this? How am I going to afford to do it? Am I going to get mm-hmm. scammed? There's obviously a lot of you know, not great people in any industry and you know, those kind of fears end up holding people back. So, I think listening to shows like this and doing research and really getting um, you know, mm-hmm. testimonials or having conversations with people, getting recommendations for who to work with is mm-hmm. one of the big keys to feeling good about yeah. the investment that you make. I sent out you a to Balboa. Yeah, and I also yeah, uh, went, with yeah. a, I went with a publicist through them, which I thought was somebody that was going to, they said they were publicists that work with the Wayne guys in the world, and um, they, they, they weren't. I mean, I did get on some radio stuff and, um, a little bit of, uh, but I, I I actually had to guide them to where I wanted to be on, and then they helped me. Um, so I was really the person who kind of instigated that. But um, I mean, all in all, it was a good experience. Did I spend probably, you know, half the money I spent? I could have saved and done more publicity with a publicist out of New York. Yeah, I would have been better served. Hmm. Interesting. And when did your when was your book released? July of um, two thousand eleven. July of two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, so you said one of the main reasons you wanted to write your book was to make a difference. And I'm wondering if you feel like in the year and a half or so your book's been out there that you have evidence that you have made a difference for people. I have more than. Evidence. I have um, I have so many emails and phone calls and people who contact me and who read my book and who are just inspired by the whole idea of befriending our challenges as opposed to battling them. Um, how I sh- I mean I share in the book. You know I I got really honest and very vulnerable and I wrote the book from a very open place about my own process and I think. When we do that, we give people permission to look at their own process and their own dark corners and places where the cobwebs of old emotional stuff might be stuck. And so I do believe it has made an impact in many lives. And um, 
I I know when I go out and speak, um, one of the ways you know you're doing things right is when you're invited back. <laughs> so that, that's always good. Nice. And, okay. Yeah, and and people, um, you know, people people have. Um, I bumped into a guy I know. Um, he was. I actually went on to go to a ministerial school, so I'm an interfaith minister, and he was one of my teachers. And I bumped into him not long ago, and he said, "I could not believe your book was." I mean, I believe I knew it would be good, but I had no idea it was a page turner. I have people call me and say, "I read your book. I put. I started to read in the morning when I had a few hours. I looked up and it was dinner time, and I was finishing it. I just couldn't put it down." Wow. Mm-hmm. So tell me how that. Oh, sorry. Tell me how that feels for you, having that dream of helping people come come true like that. Oh, it's, it's a blessing. I mean, I, I that's what life is about. You know, we're all here for a divine idea and a divine purpose. Every single person. The reason we all have an individual thumbprint. Nobody has your thumbprint. No one has mine. There is some purpose that we're here for, and I found mine, and it makes me feel. Every day, you know, I say it all the time, every day is a a gift, and I open it with a heart full of gratitude. That is just beautiful. Um, Well, in our last couple minutes, I always like to um, ask my authors to just share from the heart some advice that you would have to somebody who's where you were, let's say for you, two years ago, uh, in the middle of their journey, but not exactly seeing the light at the end of the tunnel yet. Um, what do you think are the, you know, one, two, or three most important pieces of advice you could have gotten when you were there? First one, first and foremost is ask yourself that question. Is this something I love? Is this something I love? Do I have the time and investment to invest in the level that I know I love? Ask yourself that. And then if it's yes, get to it and keep yourself in believing. Keep the paradigms away. Let the little... You know, those little demons that are going to creep up and tell you you're not worth it, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not rich enough, you're not good-looking enough, forget about it. Those are the, that's enough. I've had enough of that. I've had enough of those enough. And do things you can, get yourself, get yourself in some kind of system where you can hook in, have, call me. You know, this is what I do. I work with people to keep them. We all need a coach. Some of the best athletes need coaches. I Do you work with, with a coach on your book? Oh my God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, yeah, this I, is I, one I, of the big. I think this is one of the secrets. Um, almost every author I interview had some sort of, you know, formal or informal or a writers group or a mentor or somebody helping them through mm-hmm. their journey of at least of writing their first book. Um, and here's I here's the deal. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you go ahead. I want to hear the deal. <laughs> Now, here's the deal, because sometimes people can believe in our dream better than we can for ourselves. Mm. So I believe, if you're out there listening, I believe if you answer yes, you would love it. I believe. If you can't believe for yourself, trust me that I'm believing for you that you can do this. And And oftentimes everybody, we all need support systems. That's why I teach classes every Monday night called Life, Living Full Expression. It's all about building a community where we are in this, and I'm teaching, but we're all in it together, supporting one another. So what is it that you came to do? And if it's to write a book, well, then sit your butt down and write it. (laughs) Right, right. 
What is it you came here to do? That's a great question. Um, mm-hmm. So Denise DeSimone, uh, you can go to denisedesimone.com. You can go fr- to from stage four, the number four, to center stage, from stage four to center stage. Um, I definitely encourage you to check out her book, From Stage Four to Center Stage. And um, I've just so appreciated your time and your advice. It's always nice um, when you can kind of double and wear your life coach hat here. And I think you've helped a lot of people who want to really make that that book journey for themselves. Good. And the other thing is if they go to my website uh, and buy a book through my site, I will definitely include a little gift for them. I have CDs I've created, and I'll also sign it and send them a note of inspiration as well. Oh, excellent. Great. Well, please do, everybody, reach out to Denise. Denise, we appreciate you being here. We will be back next week on Book Journeys Radio, and that will actually be the last show of the year. So I'm looking forward to talking to everybody next week about your book journey. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.